everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor. Uh, first of all, we're just going to start off, instead of doing a review, we're going to start off with a little bit of a mailbag. So you probably saw or listened to a few weeks ago where I got the mailbag of this mug. And it has this coaster, and Trevor realized that the coaster was also a top to the mug. So if you're listening, basically the coaster is the perfect size to also cover the mug. It was impressive deduction. It was impressive. And upon doing that, Debbie, who made us this mug, actually ended up making Trevor a mug as well. Yeah. Which is sick. His is like, uh, so mine's like a camo background. His has grass. And his actually says Trevor's Trivia on the side. Yeah, so I got this note sick. from Debbie and it said, it said, Trevor, encloses your reward for figuring out that the coaster can also be used as a mug cover. Cover, Good job. I can like totally like put myself in her shoes. Like she probably knew like she wanted to be a mug cover. It was probably like just like really hoping that we'd figure it out. Like because you make and I'm something. there as a coaster. Yeah, you, you make something and you want somebody so badly to know how it functions. But no, she sent me this awesome mug. It says Trevor's Trivia. It's got like the grass. It has it's got, got the on, foundation on the, the back. The logo on the back. But super nice. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Debbie. And the mug cover. Yeah, and the mug cover. Mug cover coaster hybrid. It is a very versatile mug. Yeah, Much it's pretty appreciated. Um, but we also, this past weekend, as you may know, you probably know, the Photon Zone release I just, happened. I like, shudder hearing the name. Yeah. <laughs> just flashbacks, man. Uh, so they dropped on Friday, and they actually just sold out this morning. This is Wednesday morning, where yeah. they're officially gone. We've officially sold out of them. Yes. Which is quite the feat. We had a lot of them. Yes. Uh, way too many. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, apparently it, not. Yeah, I thought it was actually a, <laughs> apparently not too many. Looking back on it, I think it was one of our more successful drops because we sold out, which is always the goal when you're releasing something new. And everyone who wanted one was able to get one because it's right. like a new thing. It took like till Wednesday to sell out, so there was no one, no one sitting there ticked off because they missed out on the drop. At yeah. least they shouldn't be. If you are, I don't know what to tell you. You had days. I, yeah. I mean, I can't. I can't do anything more. The night of, I was a little like stress because they weren't selling out and i'm like i don't know it's we're just, just like, used to it you don't usually have meet, enough <laughs> yeah we normally don't have enough to meet demand and they sell out immediately so i was like it's a fail it's a failure and i was like as the days went on i was like you know what? this is actually a pretty good success because like they're still really, kind of flowing through. really once we woke up the next morning we we're like oh actually no it there's did pretty only well. like a few hundred left starting the next sunday morning. morning yeah saturday morning there was close to a thousand still yeah um or yeah uh, and so it just kind of sold over the next few days. The majority went Friday night, which was good. Um, but then we had to pack all the orders and <laughs> our like shipping policy is next business day. We get them out period. So we always do is what we strive to do. We had, I don't even know how many orders. It was a, thousands of orders, yeah, um, coming into Monday. And so we, we got as many people as we could. The cur- the plan was to have me, Trevor, Connor, my wife, uh, Connor's wife, Silas, uh, one of our friends, Ethan, and I believe Ethan was bringing a friend. Yeah, because that was the eight of us. Right. So the plan was to have four people. The Foundation Eight. (laughs) That we turned this podcast studio into a packing corner. So we had like three tables, every box we could possibly fit under here, and then we had like our system. But the plan was going to have four people pulling and four people packing. And with that plan, we could have packed about. 400-ish orders an hour. Pulled and packed about 400-some orders an hour. It would have went pretty smoothly. Well, then Sunday came. And Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So, Sunday, I answer all the customer service emails, and then Trevor starts buying the labels. During Trevor buying the labels, his wife gets sick, and she almost had to go to the hospital. 
And so he had to obviously tend to her. So he didn't get to buy the labels. So that set him back a little bit, about hours, yeah. three hours yeah. set him back. Then Connor, Connor was in Charlotte, got back. And then that night, his wife gets sick and actually does have to go to the hospital. And Connor's at the hospital with her all night. And so then Connor ends up not even able to come in until like lunchtime the next day. And obviously his wife wasn't able to come in. And so then, so that knocked us out of Connor and Connor's wife and then knocked us out of three hours of Trevor. And then also this doesn't really affect the drop, but the night, the day before, or when all this is going on, I happened to get stung by a bee. And apparently it was the first time in my life I've ever been stung by a bee. And turns out I'm highly allergic to bees. So (laughs) I get stung by a bee. And next thing I know, my hands are swelling up. I have hives coming all up my arm. And I went to urgent care and I was there for a few hours. It was not looking good for us. Yeah, it was just a really (laughs) rough Sunday. Everybody's getting beat up on Sunday. And so we showed up Monday just defeated, beaten, battered before we ever even started the war that was the photon zones. Uh, so needless to say, it took us, oh, and then on top of all of that, we get Monday, we just put our heads down, we grind, we get about half of the orders done and we're like, okay, you know, it's, it's like three thirty, four o'clock, whatever time it is. We need to get these to the post office. Now we have like an acceptance form that puts all of them on to one thing. So the post office doesn't have to scan every individual package. So we all show the up. orders, even the ones that we haven't packed yet. Yeah. All the, everything we had bought the shipping label for. Yeah. So we show up to the post office with what we had filled. We're load them onto the dock. Post office, no one comes out. That's just how it works because they expect us to be there. We're loading them all onto the dock. We get them all out onto the dock and then someone walks out to meet us and we explain to them what's going on and they're like, we can't accept half the packages. Like we can't scan. If we scan the form, it means we have all the packages and we don't have all the packages and we can't store them overnight because everything that comes in is supposed to go out the same day. So we can't take them after we'd already unloaded thousands of packages on their doorstep yeah and so then we had to solve the problem of where do we put these packages because we couldn't put them back here because we had to fill the next thousands the next day so luckily my dad had a work van that could fit a lot of them like a full big size work van just completely empty we just filled it and then we had our work van we filled that and then we filled the back of trevor's car and that fit all of the day one packages and then we just had to just take that first thing the next morning and then reload all the vehicles the next day. We got it all out Tuesday. Yesterday, I left yeah. the post office done at 4.30. It was a it was a heroic effort from everybody. Important to note also, it was not the post office's fault. No. That they couldn't take no. the packages. Not their fault. They honestly are troopers for how they handled us. Um, and they're always really good to us. But in any case, that's just my post office propaganda so that they don't hate us. <laughs> just in case somebody's listening. One thing you also forgot that's not that important, but uh, Trevor is also driving his wife's car because his car exploded. Oh, oh yeah. My car also exploded. <laughs> like, so, like, yeah, things are just happening. It man. was just a perfect storm. And yet we still were, we got him out in two days, two business days. That, that's so we missed our promise by one, but we were members. able to get them all out yesterday and the last the the truck they said they had to have them on the dock by five because the last truck comes at like 5 30 and so we were starting to i was starting to get a little nervous but they're all on the dock at 4 30 so we were fine we did it miraculous yeah we rolled up like a convoy we had like six cars full (laughs) when we showed up and then we had our weekly we had to run at five and so trevor just went straight to bedford which is 30 minutes away and then to end it all just played the worst disc golf of my yeah. life. Just went up and just blew up in the weekly. Yeah, and then we just finished it off all already going into the weekly destroyed and brain dead. I actually I played I played average. I had fun. I shot my handicap. I shot what my you handicap did well. is. Yeah, I had I had fun. No, it was a good time. Connor Connor ditched Connor us. Connor just but. ditched us. But. Just to be clear, I did not ditch us. <laughs> 
But we might not ditch you. You ditched me. I did yeah. not. I felt what ditched. happened was we was ended up having to use seat. we ended up having to use my car to go to the post office. Oh, here we no. go. Oh, here and here so I didn't have fault. and so I didn't have time to go home and get my bag and my shoes before the weekly. Just so. play barefoot and grab a putter, man. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> you probably play the best round of your life. I probably would play the best round of my life, honestly. <laughs> Definitely that, better than you last get that week. flex buzz, man. Yeah, best round. Yeah, that of thing life. flies amazing. I can't wait for Hunter to put that in his bag. I mean, who wouldn't bag that thing, dude? I mean, at this point, I can't bag it. Just for the I feel like it's not funny it's a, to everybody. Just listen to an inside joke. No, they have happened. no idea. Connor gave me a buzz yeah. forever ago. He thought I would love it. He thought it would fly great. And then it's like, Well, because what happened was I had it in my bag, and I took it out of my bag, and Hunter was like, oh, let me see that thing. That thing is so cool. And he's like, Trevor, check it this out. It is sick. It is sick. And so I was like, you know what? Hunter thinks this disc is really cool. I'm going to give it to this him. This is also like when you really were, nice. were first working here, so like it was like almost like a like Yeah, it could have just been like, exaggerated. Yeah, like yeah. Here's, like here's my buzz. Like It's like sick, but like you can have it. Yeah, exactly. It's like a token. But it was like sitting in here in the office ever since. It was like the same time I was taking the buzz out of my bag to put the MD3. I don't think so. I don't really blame him. I just think it's funny to make fun of him. One more week, whatever. And now it's just sitting on the shelf. But now I like I feel obligated to not put it in my bag because it's just like a running joke. It is pretty funny that it just every time we like every time we like get in my car. It's this rate, man. That's true. It's an ESP Flex Buzz, and it flies pretty nice. I wouldn't know how it flies, but it feels great. Feels amazing. All right, in non-us news, enough about us. We had the Resistance Discs Open and the Utah Open happen last week. Uh, this is going to be like the, our Worlds preview show, so we're going to park on Worlds for a long time. So I'm going to kind of breeze through the Resistance Disc Open. We're going to park on the Utah Open a little bit more because mm-hmm. it's basically a pre-Worlds Worlds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know people are going to talk about. We're not going. We're not going to park on any of the storylines from the Resistance Disc Open just because we have so much I want to get through about Worlds that. Um, yeah, that's the reasoning. Nice. But we did have Adam Hammes show up and absolutely just annihilate the field. Yeah. He won by seven strokes. I will say, though, Mr. Scott Withers did end up coming in second. We called that. We had him in our, both, both of us had him in the both top three. Both in the top three, yeah. We saw so what, that coming. What was our other... Eagle was in the top three, but he ended up not going, right? I think, yeah. I think it's because Eagle, like, last minute... Or no, it's Heimberg. Heimberg, Heimberg. La- last minute didn't play. Yeah, there's Eagle... I think Eagle was on the list, too. Might have been both of them. Regardless... Know. Our top three got screwed by that. But then Jeremy Colling came in third. That's the first time we've said his name in a result in a while. Every once in a while, man. It doesn't like... He'll just kind of pop off. It doesn't completely shock me. No. Yeah, he's definitely got all the skills he needs to be up there. It's just, I think, recently he's been so... He's got so much other things going on, which I think career-wise is very smart for him. Yeah. Uh, that his play sometimes might suffer from it. And I've heard so, him talk about that before. Like, I think there's a lot of forehands at that course too. Yeah. I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. I've heard him talk about it before where basically like Jomez and doing commentary and all these like media things, like it's so smart for him to do, but yeah. like it almost hurts him because he's like, I really want to just play at the top level, but I know like long-term career wise, this is my better choice. It's a balance, man. It's yeah. a balance. I just hope it's that, definitely a tough position. Yeah. I hope those guys that are like committed, committing themselves like more so to the media, like him and like Sexton, I hope that they're able to stay in that long-term as more people get involved in disc golf media. Cause I think they will. I think they will too, because I think, I mean, obviously we've seen like CBS did the coverage and they went to them. Yeah. Well, so. it's just the thing that they're so loved. Yeah, by the disc golf community. Oh, I know, yeah. I know you have opinions that are opposing to the disc golf community on some things, but um, no, I don't. I don't. But Sexton, I mean, Sexton and Jerm are fine. I really like Sexton. Jerm's okay. Like yeah. he's he's funny across the board. If you ask people, the top commentators, They're Nate Sexton and Jeremy Colling are, are there every time. Yeah, and 
I've always enjoyed it. I get where you're coming from, where they might not be that super professional like sports broadcast. But at the same time, when rubber meets the road, we're throwing frisbees in a park. No. So like, I mean, I well, that's a bad take, but in any, <laughs> in any case, well, I'm saying like it has more of a relaxed sport type feel. That's a that whole different sense. topic, but yeah. In any case, I think. Well, I, think I like. Sections, I like the commentary. The only problem I have way. with Coling is that he can get. He sometimes loses himself on tangents and like kind of can't find his words. Sometimes I think he's like really funny, but his wit isn't quite quick enough to like catch up to what he's trying to say, and he'll just say something ridiculous. But sometimes, that sometimes that's funnier. I mean, it's right, but it's it's funny like because it's on YouTube. If it was on like a national broadcast, I'd be like, yikes. But doesn't matter. Doesn't Not matter. important. Keep Not important. Third. Good job, Jerem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> FPO, I predicted this one right. I was pretty proud of it because Deanne, Deanne Carey shredded and wins by she 15. Did, dude. Over Brittany Quesenberry came in second and Kat Merch came in third. I didn't realize Kat Merch was there. Yeah, she, going into the she week. didn't play well. Deanne Carey gave everybody the business. Yeah. <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah. Very impressive win by her. Congrats yeah. to her. Um, I think she's been on tour for a little bit, her and her husband. I think AJ Carey had a pretty solid performance too, her husband. Um, I think he came in like seventh or something. So pretty good weekend for both of them. And then Dark Horse might be confused. We both got coffee. Connor's even got coffee back there. Ooh, who got fl- it? I'm who got it? Yeah, That's all it basically is. I won. And then Trevor's like, well, Hunter doesn't get any special treatment. So he bought everyone coffee. Yep. So, but I won. Once Tristan it, Tanner I, I, lit it up. The the meme is back. I just I had like one little break from it, but I've now I've now lost probably like I've probably lost like ten out of twelve weeks or something like that at this point. It's it's literally becoming like if you hear me pick you as the dark horse, you should be very scared. Just drop out. Just drop. Just, now I will say, hey, Max Nichols did that. Might get I hurt. will say the only week that somebody gave me said, "Hey, pick me as the dark horse pick." It was uh, Kirby, I think his name was. And you won. He, I won. So maybe you just need to come to me. Because if I go to you and pick you, you're, you're toast. Yeah, so like, I'm really you, sorry for whoever Trevor picks for Worlds. Oh, well, yeah. we'll get to that later. But God bless. I'm so sorry. You're in trouble. Uh, speaking of Worlds, the Utah Open. Uh, I thought it was funny. The gatekeeper coverage of the Utah. First off, a lot of people kept saying, like, no one's covering the Utah Open. Why does it matter? Gatekeeper yeah, covered it. Yeah, we knew I, 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 there was no way that event was going to happen, and no you, one was going to cover. As a coverage it. company, it's free money. Everybody's going to want to like. It's I, a pr- world's preview. Yeah. It's got Ricky, Nico, like uh, Emerson. It had a bunch of top pros. It was you're basically printing money. Yeah, like, why, been, you could have covered the so third people, card at Resistance Disc. Or, nobody's even covering that. Yes, they are. Yeah, of course they so are. Of course, like you think. Hey, come on now. I mean, we we would have almost flew a crew out there to cover yeah, it. Like, was covering that. Sheesh, we would have gone to someone, Utah. Every, someone was always going to cover it, but Gatekeeper covered it. They literally called it World's Preview. Their yeah, coverage. Well, of course, that's a business move right there. Yeah. No, no fault to them. But I will say, overall, it might not have been as bad for Worlds as we thought. Yeah, it actually made it more interesting because of who won. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. We actually, you put a troll, poll out on Twitter, on the foundation Twitter. Yeah. Over 900 votes on this poll, basically asking about the event on the same courses. Mm-hmm. 55% said this is the results were it was dumb, it's dumb or it's cool. 55% said it was dumb and 45% said it was cool. Some people in the comments tried bringing up Ledgestone and Worlds back in 2019. I don't, Ledgestone happened in June and Worlds happened in August. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. That's a previous year example. Like, learn from learn from that. But and, that's not a bad... Like, but it's, if not Utah even, yeah, Open it's not happened, even that big of a deal. You're right. If it, Utah Open happened in... So, the world is happening, what, in June? So, if Utah Open happened in... What would that be? April? 
Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's an issue. No, because yeah. there's two months of where you don't see the course. It's the fact that it's literally like a warm up round. Like it, well, it's also it's right before. Like we're watching. Like we watch the coverage mainly to see Nico, which we'll talk about later. You're gonna watch the same course, but now we're gonna like go watch the same courses. So yeah. like that's what I didn't like is it's back to back. If it right. if it was like Ledgestone's case, it was in June. And then Worlds is in August. You got like a whole month of other events going on to where it didn't give players an advantage. It doesn't make the like the coverage. You don't have to worry about getting boring and repetitive where people are going to watch, what is it, eight rounds uh, on the same two courses now. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the whole thing. But overall, it might not have been too bad because Emerson Keith yeah. ended up winning now, and beating Ricky. What I was what I was really scared of and like was going to be a little bit annoyed at is if... Cause I, I expected Ricky to go out there, smack everybody around, and now and now Ricky's got all this momentum, and we're all like, "Oh shoot!" Like, that's a pretty good indicator that Ricky's going to win worlds. But now it's a little bit interesting because Emerson Keith went out there and won by what seven or something? I think something Did like he that. He won by like that a bunch. Definitely makes it more exciting now because now yeah now I'm thinking was that because Emerson is just like gonna like be good at worlds because he just owns these courses, or is that because Ricky is just not good at these courses? Yeah, like, and then Kyle Klein ended up coming in third. So that's also an interesting one. Because yeah. there was there was some, some other good players. Like Nico was in like 11th or something. Yeah, which Nico had himself a, not a well. weekend. But um, on FPO, really quick about FPO, I think. It, what, Pretty normal. I don't want to say like what we were worried about happening on MPO because like... Oh, what the heck? You should kick my desk. table. Uh, <laughs> because everyone was expecting Paige to dominate Worlds yeah. and Paige dominated this event. But that's basically what we were saying could have happened on MPO. Right. But yeah, I mean... It's, it's just weird. I just don't like seeing those, like that happen, like that tournament results, like right before Worlds. I just don't... I don't know. Well, now, this storyline, I don't it's like... I don't like what's about to come out of my mouth because Here I think go. everyone... It crossed everyone's mind. But at the same time, you got to say it. What does this bode well for Emerson Keith possibly having a run like in 2019? Yeah, it does. It yeah. absolutely does. Like I don't want to say he's a cha- he's a favorite to win it because no. I don't There's think so. There's a lot so. of rounds, but like he it's just hard to won deny there. what he did. He's, his personal confidence is gonna be like all I got to do is have the same game plan and just do it for five rounds, and I can certainly be in it. Like I could play better than Ricky. Yeah, like it's absolutely like I would almost at this point like I'm gonna be surprised if he did now. You know, there's obviously sometimes there's gonna be reverse effects to that. Like you get a little overconfident, you know, you know you can win, so then that maybe makes you a little more nervous because you know you're capable of it. But and I'm still never picking Emerson, like even probably in the top ten. But like, it seems a bit more feasible now. Yeah, he just hasn't been good this season, so it was just super weird. What well, was interesting in 2019 is it was right around the time his wife was supposed to have their baby. Yeah, it was getting close to the due date. It wasn't quite the due date, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like he was risking anything being at Worlds, but. He had said if I if he wasn't in the top, I think it was top five or top ten, going into the last two days, he was gonna go home to be with his wife because like she was due the next week and it's their first kid, so they were he wanted to be with her. Yeah. And then he like was in a chance to win it in twenty nineteen. He had going the last he two had days. A good twenty nineteen though overall. Yeah, no, he did. So like it wasn't that was like his season where everybody's like, oh, Emerson's like a a big dog on tour, and then like now he's he hasn't really done, done much done anything. Yeah. But I mean. There's, who knows? Maybe worlds. Maybe he is to worlds what Kevin Jones is to USDGC, where he just somehow is always up there now. Kevin Jones is, been, is, is a lot better, though. but that's what no. When Kevin Jones is coming onto the scene, yeah. he just every year at USDGC, you right. don't hear about Kevin Jones all year, and then I know where it's like, what the heck? Who, where's this guy from Pro Discus? It would certainly throwing be Joker an interesting feet. little storyline. Yeah, man, shout out to Pro Discus Kevin Jones. I man. hope Emerson at least gets on like lead card because. Whenever I think back and I think about any round that I've or any coverage I've ever watched, which em- with Emerson in, 
it's always fun to watch. He's just a really. F- he's just, entertaining. His style is different than a lot of other players. Yeah, because he it has to be because he's a small guy. Yeah, and so like his style is so different, so it's really interesting to watch. Yeah. Definitely. Now on the flip side of that coin, as good as it ended up for Emerson, do you think this actually has any negative effects on Ricky? No, I think it's actually more positive because I think Ricky, you know, is an experienced player, been there, done that. So I think for Ricky, it's mostly like now he's able to reflect on, okay, where did I make mistakes and how, what can I do to fix these mistakes? Like yeah. he, he has real course, like tournament experience on these courses to where he'll be able to apply that to his worlds and, and know where he made mistakes. And what, Cause I know knowing Ricky and I haven't looked super in depth into the stats, but he'll know where he needs to change things up. So no, I don't, I don't think that's going to hurt him in the slightest. I think it would just be a good adjustment for him. Yeah. So Emerson, it was only three strokes. Emerson won by three. It just ended up being three. Um, so I agree with you. I don't think this is really a, a bad thing for Ricky. Because Ricky for has two a reasons. complete game. It's not like there's a course out there that doesn't suit him. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's two reasons. One, world is going to have a lot different feel and pressure. And that's yeah. something that Ricky's a lot more used to that top right. in competition pressure yeah. at Worlds. Like being on the big stage, being on that. So I don't think that... I think there's going to be a different Ricky that shows up starting next week. There's also two more rounds. Mm-hmm. That's why when you said seven strokes, I was like, why did I write only two more rounds? But it's because it was only three strokes. Right. So you so give Ricky two back. more rounds, he definitely could have won and beat Emerson. So yeah. now it was like the format. They played one round at Mulligan, the golf course, and two rounds at the fort, which world's going to be three rounds at the fort, two rounds at the golf course. How, are, so, how is that? Is it literally 3 2? Mm-hmm. They're, so they're going to finish two in a row on the golf course? No, it finishes at the fort. So the fort's the, not the golf course. Mulligan is the golf course. Oh, is it going? Wait, say it. Say it I'm again. pretty sure it goes. Uh, it might finish two in a row at the fort. So it goes three on the golf, two. On- no, three on the non-golf, two on the golf course. Oh, so it goes two, three. Or how does is there or is, it, you, or is it like they're, they're which, alternate? Okay, I didn't know if they were going back and forth or if they were going. Uh, they might two play in a row. two in a row because I feel like they start. At, That's what um, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Let me it, find the course schedule here. Uh, so at Worlds, the A pool goes Mulligan, the Fort, Mulligan, the Fort, the Fort. So so go, they, they go back to back. Friday, so, Saturday, the A pool, people in contention are going to be at the Fort both so, days. So the golf course, disc golf course, golf course, and then two on the, at the Fort, the disc golf yeah. course to end. Yep. That's so, but this, this court, so this is basically like the last three rounds. They went golf course, disc golf course, disc golf course. I will course. say though, I did get a chance and i've seen this golf course before but i got a chance to watch some of it because basically i was looking for to watch nico explode um but this is much different than all the golf courses they've been playing it's way shorter um, a lot more technical a lot more technical it's mo- it's almost like you take the upshots from like from like um it was portland right yep it's almost like you take the upshots from that and turn that into the course there's like it's not we shouldn't see a lot of rollers and right it's not going to be the distance. huge distance and roller shots no. so it's really not going to compare it's not going to be like oh wow look for eagle to pop off at the golf course because yeah. like that's just not even going to apply like because he obviously the distance, might, the distance obviously gives you some advantage because it's still a long course but it's nothing like right. So Most like, of the whole, it's like you're not throwing 700 foot rollers. Yeah, really, that's just not really necessary. Yeah, 95 percent of the holes. So that I, I'm, I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that. I'm a fan of the more technical style. I'm not sure how much I like the course to be honest. I there's just something about these golf courses where like every pin is just surrounded by like three bunkers. Yeah, and just hazards. Mounts. And, and like I 
I do appreciate how difficult those upshots are, and I also understand that that's the only way you can defend a golf course other than using OB, like roped OB, but man, there is some vicious roll like rolls and stuff into those yeah. bunkers. It is vicious. No, for sure. But I don't I don't mind. It's technical, I guess. Yeah, I I would rather see this type of golf course than just a yeah. long bomber at least roller golf What I will course. say about it is if the greens are going to be so tricky, at least golf courses are typically really well manicured, so you're not like just going to hit a random stick and kick yeah. up and roll. Like yeah. if you if you're It's good, not going to be roots by the yeah, basket. If you, you can control down. the angle of your disc and well, you can usually keep it flat. So yeah, we'll talk about the world's courses a little bit more later in the show. But on FPO at the Utah Open, page one by nine, Cat came in second, and Valerie Mandahano came in third. Did yeah. I nail that? I don't remember. I think, I think you did. I think I done did it. Um, because I feel like I keep picking Valerie, and I think she I think finally it's came. Pretty in third. obvious. There's only one person standing between Page and Worlds, and, and that's that herself. Person, no, no, oh. the person is Kristen Tatar. See, that's going to be an interesting talking point because later. Because if Cad just lost by nine, like, yeah. that's not good. To me, this is a big confident boost for Paige. Oh, yeah. What's Kristen Tatar at this event, actually? At this at last At the Utah one? Open. Mm, I don't I'd be think surprised. so. I was actually overall... Uh, no, because she she's still in... Uh, Quarantine, right? Yeah. I was overall surprised at the lack of touring pros on the MPO side that were actually here. Yeah. Because if you go by rating, like sort down, you have Ricky, Matteo is the next one. At 1038, which holy cow, Matty is really high rated. Uh, Dylan, Dallin Blanchard, and James Comrade. Basically, the top tier pros you have Ricky, James Comrade, Nico LaCastro, Kyle Klein, Emerson Keith. I think, I think that might be like, uh, there might be a lot of pros who are thinking, hey, there might be some that just wanted the week off because sometimes you just need to like rest before a big tournament. Yeah. Or maybe there's a lot that are like, that just don't want to play a tournament on the course that it, it would get in their head. Maybe. You know? Um, Chris Natatar was not there. But yeah, nine strokes across three rounds for Paige. It, it makes it so tough to She's, imagine someone yeah. else winning across five rounds. Cat is not going to hang with What's her. impressive, what's going to be cool though, is this is going to be, if Paige wins, Paige will be able to keep her every other year streak, only winning on odd years. But it will be back to back. And be her first back to back because there wasn't Worlds last year. So this would be Paige's first time going back to back because she's went... Uh, when did she 11, win first? Was it 11? 11, was 11 13, her first 15, one? 17, 19. 11, 13, 15, 17, 19. And she's came in second all those other years, I'm pretty sure. Or close to it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Basically, it's crazy never won think, two in a row. It's crazy to think that Paige could very easily... Paige could be a 10-time world champion. Yeah, like she could very easily. But she's five right now. This would be her six. This would officially separate her. Yeah. Because there's three women, I believe, at five. Uh, at least two. Or is it who Juliana is it? Corver has five. Corver and Elaine does, both have five, I think. Or does Elaine have four and Des Redding have five? Oh yeah, it might be Des has five. And Elaine I think there's four. three women with five right now. Uh, Valerie Jenkins has four. Um, but this would well, no, there, but no one has six. She would be That's and the key. she would be only be like second to Climo, like overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she could get her sixth here and her first back to back, and really farther solidify her as the goat. Yeah, and people can make some arguments here and there, but it's, is, it's getting but harder and harder to make any arguments. Yeah, she is. Um, with that being said, before we get into any more world stuff, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and jump over to the fan favorite segment, Trevor's trivia. What do you got today? All right, so I, you know, got a little bit of a, a world's themed question. It's a, just one question. I'm kind of sticking to the nice. more simple questions these days, but I thought this was kind of an interesting one. So, the question is this: I don't. You might get this right away, or it might take a little bit of thought. We'll see. So the question is, what do the 2010 MPO World Champ, 2005 MPO World Champ, and 2011 FPO World Champ have in common? 
2005, 2010, and which was the third? 2011 which, FPO. So 11 FPO we just said was Paige. Mm-hmm. So what does Paige, the 2010 MPO, it's the year after Jenkins. It might be DOS. Who won in 2010? And then who won in 2000? 2005 is the last one. I got to think of who these players are. <laughs> that's probably the, well, that might be the most difficult part. And what do they have in common? Mm-hmm. Who is the 2005? I think 2010 is DOS. Am I right in that or no? I'm not going to tell you. Also, I have to just think it all through. 2005. There's a chance that 2005 and 2010 are DOS. Crap. No, 2010 is Eric McCabe. So then we have Eric McCabe and Paige Pierce. 2005, though. Who won in 2005? Eric McCabe, Paige Pierce, 2005 world champion. That's got to be DOS. Do they all win with Discraft? That's it. All right. Each one of them won with Discraft, yep. Was it DOS? Is DOS 2005? Yeah, you got them all all correct. Nice. Because the tricky part was obviously... I knew Eric McCabe. when When I heard it was Eric and Paige, I was thinking it's some type of Discraft or dynamic thing because yeah. i know pages pages first was with discraft yeah page and eric both won their first world titles with discraft good job wow i, I was like when you said 2010 was dos i was like oh no <laughs> well i just well i would probably E-Mac is the I, sneakiest before world i ever figured out 2005 when i had dos and page in my head i almost just said it anyways that E-Mac all one with this is basically what barsby will be about 10 years from now like that guy that like well, who won in 2018 like, and you'll you mean he'll just be putting out his discs like what? the the barsby roadrunner and the barsby like modifying oh yeah anyways yeah <laughs> i mean no i don't want to i mean i don't want to throw shade at emac for any reason because i no. I love emac he he's seems a like good, a cool guy he's a great player in his day he's good for the sport i just like why why are we still making emac judges and stuff like that when you got so many players on your team that are currently touring that you could well, like because he for sure he for sure owns part of that company i think well he definitely is getting royalties i i just i don't know I mean, uh, him and Rusko were like the ones who like practically started the whole thing. I just feel like the Emac Judge wasn't a necessary disc in their lineup. I, dude, I'd say different, man. That what? Disc, how like, much different does it fly from a warden? Money. What? Considerably different. Yeah. If you the judge the Emac Judge flies right in between the warden and the and the judge. I will. But say. like, how drastic is the warden from the judge? Is what it's, I'm saying. It's a lot less. Stable. The warden's a, a lot straighter. A lot less stable. Like a brand new warden will literally, if I throw it flat, will turn over very easily. A brand new Emac judge will go straight and fade a little, and a brand new judge is pretty stable. See, everyone online is saying a brand new judge because I've thrown a brand, I've thrown a judge. That's all I've ever thrown. Yeah, out of any of these, when I feel them, the Emac judge feels good, the judge feels good, the warden feels good, but they feel very similar across now, the board. The warden, the, now, if you get a warden in like the Moonshine Plus or whatever, they're pretty stable. But like the people online though are saying the warden is like the point and shoot straight, <laughs> and a judge is straight with a little fade. And so I've I've just heard a lot of people saying like. What the heck? Why is there an Emac okay, judge now? Okay, but like, think about... Because the Emac truth, I let's, understood. Let's flip the table, though. How many... Every company has putters that overlapped. It's a feel thing. It's... It, the people... Companies yeah. companies don't make putters... I understand it, for but... For like, the, the difference in flight, you know, within a certain degree. Like, you know, Discraft. I just felt know, like the Emac truth the made Luna, sense because... The Luna, the Roach, because the Challenger, they all fly just about the same. The Luna and the Roach, I will 100% agree. I think and the, the only, Focus... 
And the focus is really similar to those. But two the well. fo- but the focus to the Luna is a drastic feel different. Yeah. No. The the Emac even the Emac Judge was like here's, the Luna and the Roach is a great guys, example because I think the only reason the Luna exists is because Paul didn't like the name Roach. The, ear, the and Emac, I'll go to my grave. The Emac that. Judge was like here's the Judge for the guys that don't like the massive bead on the Judge. But that, the people who don't like beads still aren't gonna like the Emac Judge. Because it still has a bead. I don't know, dude. I don't. I don't. I've never been a guy that like. Cares. I've never cared enough. I know. So but people I, who care really care. I don't. Yeah, I know. I feel like is that like a real thing, or do people just like kind of like? I think it gets in their head. <laughs> yeah, because like I don't know. I mean, if you had a certain putting form, because I if it's like a big bead AVR, fully understand it. You'll notice that the once you get on to some the of these small judge beads, is so small or like a challenger, like you're not noticing. Yeah, that. but I've heard plenty of people be like, "Dude, I just I can't pu- I can't throw the challenger." Putting is the all bead, mental, like, anyways, though. So like, I get I guess I get that. Yeah, like you don't need. I think it's more about the plastic than the than the bead because I think uh, like w- w- for me, whenever I picked up a beaded putter and thought I can't throw this, it's like sticking to my hand. It's actually just because the plastic is softer. Yeah, than pl- the plastic is really like way plastic's more big key. But all I was saying was the truth made sense because like. The truth had gotten away from what the truth really was, and then the Emac truth took it back to its original. So then you had the truth that had like transitioned into this whole new disc, and so people loved it, so they couldn't just get rid of it. And so Emac brought back the original truth, so that people like that made sense to me. The judge didn't change. The judge is the judge. I hear you're saying. So that's what I'm just saying. I just felt like it was just like a, hey, you know, stuff's not selling. Let's make an Emac judge. That's all. That it just seemed weird to me. That's all. I don't know, man. And I feel like I don't know, man. He doesn't play anymore. And you have a lot of players on their team. It just felt like there was a slot that something else could have been could have happened. I don't even know how we got on this topic, but we did. You start talking about Emag, man. Emag, but I, no, I don't want to slander. You, you better watch out, E-Mag. man. People love Emag. I love Emag. I am an Emag. You hate Emag. <laughs> this guy, this guy, there's a dude, bumper is, sticker says, "I, I hate Emag, dude." I have played many Emag course designs. I love him. I oh, think dude. that from a player, he was great. He's one of the best spin putters of all time. He's a putting world champ, dude. Put some respect on him. That guy. I can, literally just said he's one of the best. He's a putting world champ. I literally, I literally just put respect. No, on No, I'm name. just saying, like, he should get. Listen, if Jay, if Jay Redding gets his own putter, then Emac gets his own. Okay, putter. Okay, perfect example. It'd be like Yeti coming out with another putter. The Yeti Emac AVR didn't 2.0. have one before, though. He didn't have a putter. Oh, there it is. So maybe, maybe the truth. I rest was the my issue. case. I rest my case. I just felt like it wasn't that big. Like it, it didn't. Dude, I'm pretty sure, like I said, though, I'm pretty sure he, like... It doesn't matter. He definitely, like, owns part of that company. He can do whatever he wants. I don't know if he owns it, but he's been with them since the beginning. So he's got a lot of pull. He, yeah, he can do whatever he wants, man. They also don't, I guess, don't have, like, a star player right now. A superstar. No. Not not a superstar. They've got really I good I mean, they players. could have made... They've got Clemens and... Um, Clemens and Melton are really solid. Does Paige Shue have a disc? Mm-hmm. What's her name on? I'm not sure. I think she does, but I'm... I think maybe like a defender I'm on it. or something. Look that up. I don't throw anything that has her name, but I'm I pretty positive she. It's like the it's like a defender or something. Like I know they've done like world champion like series when with Paige her, but was like there, she only had she, she had, had the, the convict. convict. And when I think Paige some, Pierce was there. Oh, Paige Pierce might have had the defender. What does Paige Shoe have? I don't know something. Surely, why not make it the Paige Shoe judge? Maybe she doesn't even putt with a judge. Make it where she puts with it. Yeah, make it. You putt with anything if the money's right. That's right. I'd putt with anything. Everything flies right. within. Yeah, everything with, flies the same within thirty. I'd putt with a bicycle tire if the money was right. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't do anything different than what I'm currently doing. <laughs> Probably roll away just as much yeah, as your roll current putt. Just as much, man. Anything over there, research? When do you man? like? Just look up. Just look up. Page shoe signature disc. That's. That's what literally. 
And is not. Pretty Googled, man. And it, I, I Hop trust off. you. Put some respect on Connor's name, bro. And it didn't point anything out. Come up. on. You got nothing over there? Or just tour yeah. series stuff? Nothing. Surely. All right, we're just going to move on. Okay, we've hinted at this throughout the show, uh, but the Utah Open brought us back to a ever so common theme that has been talked about in the disc golf world many a times. Yeah, Nico, the man, the myth, the legend, Le Castro. Um, the Utah Open gave us a real treat. That was round one back nine. We saw him throwing his hat, punching his bag, I and. Am- Finally, uh, an all-time classic Nico moment. This is awesome, dude. Kicking his mini and hitting a cameraman. <laughs> I got to say, man, I got to say, that mini kick, if you look back at it, like, I've seen way harder kicks, like, thrown at disc golf equipment, and the way that thing just, like, somehow took off, took off like, he must have kicked it at the perfect angle. Whoever makes that mini needs to use that as a marketing tactic, because that thing flew. <laughs> it was, like, perfectly flat, too. Yeah. Like, he, like, it, it spun it. form. Yeah, man, let's actually let's throw a replay up and examine his form. <laughs> yeah, uh, form all, check. But key here was all without being called on anything. Um, so what this brings up the discussion of is how disc golf is officiated, and I want to be the first to say this is not just Nico. I would like, yeah, I would like to say before, and I think you may have had this, you have this on your notes, but before we go into this, you need to be in agreement that Eagles antics at Portland were just as bad. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I put, I have. We've seen Eagle throw many okay. tantrums. I was gonna make sure we're on the same page. We've like, also we've seen Paul punch the ground, yeah. fold his this. We've seen. I mean, there's so many players that we could put on this list that they have done this. It's just that Nico's everyone loves more, to hate Nico. Nico, yeah, Nico. I don't even know if Nico is more common because I don't know. It's just that whenever it happens with Eagle, no one really talks about it. Or whenever it happens with Paul, no one really talks about it. The second it happens with Nico, everyone talks nah, about typical it. Typical Nico. Yeah. Which like, yeah, it's I, a Nico you, you earn that reputation. All right, Connor, Nico. what do you got back there? It's the Lucid X Sheriff. The Lucid X Sheriff. Yeah. That's not, but that's the problem is that's not a stock disc. Yeah, it's not a stock disc. Lucid X. It just says 2020 so signature. She so she, so that's that, her signature series. Oh, yeah, signature so series. So she doesn't have one. Allegedly. As of right now, allegedly. allegedly, let us know in the comments. Someone will know. Uh, we apparently we literally sell their discs, but that's what I'm thinking. Is like we sell, we've carried so many dynamic there's, molds, and I've never seen your name on one. It sure hasn't been on one. Conspiracy. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's not just Nico. It is so. That's point number one. Nico is presenting this topic again. Well, by presenting, I mean He's kicking his it mini. He, it's it making up. it come up. But I don't want to. I don't want it to sound like we're saying this is just a Nico problem because it's not. But uh, we saw Brody Smith on Twitter talk about the possibility of like fines for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. That just kind of gets confusing quick because like, you know, how, I don't know, how do you decide what's a finable offense? And then like, right. I don't think the Pro Tour is in a position that they can have officials on every card or throughout the course enough all day. That's just a big financial thing. Nobody does that. So here's what, and it's also, there, it's not the Pro Tour rules. It's the PDGA rules mm-hmm. at a pro tour event. I don't know if there's anything confusing there either. Here's what I've thought. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. My fake, my thinking here is the only time that it's ever an issue is on coverage, right? It's the only time it's ever gets brought up. There's obviously it happens when it's not on coverage, but I feel like whenever there's these high pressure, like everyone's like, why isn't the call being made? It's because we're watching it on coverage. So the only way it could potentially hurt the sport right now is being on coverage. Um, so what I think is possibly the pro tour should look at having maybe two officials because this is also the only way it affects the results of a um tournament is if it's on lead or chase card if someone from third card 
wins by a stroke because someone didn't call them on a courtesy. I mean, they just came back from from third card. It's an anomaly. Yeah, I I don't think we should worry about that. But I think we just have two officials, one that walks with lead card and one that walks with chase card because a tournament official is allowed to be someone who brings the stuff up. And then they're the ones who are just responsible for making sure the pacing's good, the rules are being held to. They can come in as a unbiased third party to look at rules calls and make sure because there was even a moment after Nico's had all these blowups, he throws in a bunker. It's a very questionable in or out call. Oh yeah, it, but it wasn't that questionable. He was out. It, it looked out from the angles. When you're in person, it might have been a little different. From the angles they were showing in coverage, it looked out. They gave it to him. They said it was in. Stuff like that. Probably because they were like terrified. He literally just kicked his mini and hit a guy. Like, I mean, I'm not calling that guy out. He could have been out by a mile and been like, "Ah, maybe it's in. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, So stuff like that, you have this third party. And then if we want to introduce fines, I think it would have to be some type of warning structure. Or maybe, because like, if you throw your hat down, that shouldn't be a fine immediately because there's a burst of anger. That happens. I think first one, nothing gets said second one is like a warning like hey you already threw your hat now you just kicked your mini it, it, the mini situation that might be a different thing because he literally hit a guy it's also uh, super random like i said yeah but regardless like hey you know you just did this this is your official warning you right. know if you have one more outburst this round it's gonna be a fine yeah and then don't make the fine something crazy because at the end of the day these guys gotta still live make right. it like 50 bucks okay that's Make well, it a hundred bucks. Yeah, as I was say, fifty bucks. I, was like, I don't know. Make it like too. something where it's a fine, it's a slap on the hand, but it, it has some type of repercussion beyond a stroke. So a stroke right. in like a hundred bucks or something, and it's only on coverage. So that way, it's the ones that you know portray it to the audience. So it controls the appearance of the pro tour. Right. You put out a press release too, saying the pro tour has decided to find so and so a hundred dollars yeah. for their for the incidents in the final round of the coverage. Yeah. So that way it's a professional look. Like, hey, we're we're keeping things under control. And it also helps make sure that like someone can't bully their way to a victory because right. they make the rest of the card feel intimidated because yeah. of whatever's going on. I to me, I think that's the solution. Just efficient. As the you know pro tour gets bigger, you can afford to have more officials out yeah. on the course and this is, think of it that way. This but. is an interesting topic because there's such a delicate balance. Because I I think your solution is is not a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Um, I think that's definitely worthwhile exploring. I there's such a weird balance though because you know when you're trying to get viewers and you think about like you know entertainment value, like you want to see emotion from players. Um, you know, and when you're watching coverage, I know a lot of people get annoyed at player outbursts, but when I'm watching coverage, I see a guy blowing up and outbursting. I think it's way more entertaining. Like I will purposely watch coverage just to see it. Like I will go to a coverage and watch it. Now there's a balance between like, my thing has always been as long as the player who is throwing the tantrum, doing whatever is not affecting the other players negatively. I think it's fine. I think it's, he's showing emotion. Like it's great entertainment. He's not hurting the other players game. That's that whenever it gets to beyond that point where if he were to start directing it at a player or it just gets so obnoxious, like he's chucking his bag to where like, it's just going to distract everybody. That's when it's a big problem. But it's, it's like kind of like, it's one of those, where do you draw the lines? And the thing is, no matter how good your system is, this happens in professional sports all the time, whether it, a lot of times, it happens whenever in like contact sports, it happens with like dangerous plays or in other, it'll happen like in baseball with guys who get ejected for certain things. The fines are so like 
almost random and like completely ambiguous because they're decided by the governing body of the league to where everybody's always going to have an issue with the decision made. Um, I do think self-governing is such a tough one because there's so many players who a just don't care or B are just like kind of like timid and don't want to have to, it's kind of like unfair to have to like in your round, go out of your way to confront a player yeah. because he's being an well, idiot. Well, the thing is, even if you care, that might throw you off your round. Exactly. Like you don't want to have to be like, oh, I don't really like want to confront this guy, but I really should. Cause it and, also might make, it'll get you out of your it zone. Might, well, it might make them start acting worse. Right. It's, it's such a weird balance. I think at the end of the day, like the sport has to just be protected by its own players. Like the players just have to have like, there's going to be angry outbursts. It's just part of being competitive. I think it's just up to the players to hold themselves to a high enough standard that they keep it contained enough. Cause like even watching the Nico thing, I think the biggest thing with, with Nico that everybody gets so tired of and what I agree is a little tiresome is it's literally like, as soon as things going bad, it's like every shot he throws, he's like making, having a fit. And it's like, all right, man, yeah. like, That's get, move on to the next one. Because, like, like, for instance, let's just go back to Eagle at Portland, right? Right. Like, that's why I think the first one you just let go because, like, he throws his whale sack at his bag. The rest of the card's up the fairway. Yeah. Yeah, you see it on coverage, anybody. but what did it affect? Nothing. Right. If he does it again and again to where it might start to affect people, but it definitely, pers- that's when you start warning. Yeah. It's just something you got to just like, you just got to analyze as the yeah. pro tour and just make the best decision. And another option is you could have, let's say three or four officials that are stationed on the course and to where when the card's coming past these officials, someone on the card can just talk to the official and be like, Hey, this is what's going on, you know, whatever. So then the Keep official just eye. walks with it yeah. and that way, yeah, you still have to say something. But if like you're just going off, I can walk up to Connor and be like, "Hey, man, like this is what's going on. I don't want to approach him. Yeah, just I keep, an, keep eye an eye on things. On yeah, and then it's the official now takes the responsibility of coming to where I never have to talk to you about it. Yeah, you might know I'm the snitch that went and talked to someone, but it's a lot easier to talk to the teacher than the kid in your class. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Is once we get to where disc golf is even more developed than it is right now, uh, at the like the top tier like uh, competitions, should there be an impartial person that walks with lead cards and chase yeah, cards. It's interesting the tough part because is like, like even on that the makes PGA, those almost like a ref, even in the PGA tour officials are not stationed like on every hole. No, like, they're the game true. of golf is just always been a game that is surrounded by integrity. And like you are, all the players are kind of raised in this game of like, you make honest decisions and your card makes honest decisions. And we all govern well, ourselves. And if they need help on a ruling, it's usually not even, in like in golf, it's not usually like, hey, is this ball in or out that they're deciding on? The group can usually decide on that. It's usually, hey, we need to check on this rule. That's usually why they will call an official over is like, do you know the decision that needs to be made here? Because there's in golf, there's just well, endless decisions. Isn't there also, can't they use video footage in golf? No, I believe you can't. I thought you could. I'm pretty sure. We talked sh- about it before. I'm pr- because there was a huge scandal because some fan called in once because they saw uh it was on the lpga tour they saw lexi thompson incorrectly marked her ball i think it was on accident but they called in and then she got penalized for it and people were freaking out because you're not supposed to be able to use video evidence unless that rule's changed you're not allowed to from what i've seen in golf though a lot of times the self-officiating is exactly what it sounds like where people are calling themselves like i've seen where guys put their club down and the ball rolls and they stop and they're like hey like this just happened. Uh, it's it's, it's you know just the saying? game because there's also guys like Patrick Reed who have been notorious for doing things that have been like 
cheating and sometimes they get burned on it and then yeah. that's just the thing too like you get what you get what's coming to you if you are a guy in disc golf that is going to be not of integrity and are going to make bad things happen that's just going to become your reputation and like you may get away with it sometimes but other times you're not you're well that's get what burned. i think we're seeing with nico right like is it's, nico you kind of just get what you you get what you put out basically yeah, other like, players like eagle is owning up to it eagle put out like a poll on twitter like hey what does everyone think about what's been going on with me blah 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 Eagles owning up to it. Nico has never really owned up to. He likes being the villain. Yeah. He likes being that guy, and so That's you're not that an, guy, pal. You're yeah. not that guy. Yeah. Um, Eagles He's literally labeled as the villain in the USDGC like right. hype video from like a few years that, ago. One of the best videos. It's just like yeah, it's just sweet. the nature of golf. I think I don't. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying is like that's why when this happens, people I see people get upset. Like why are you only calling out Nico? It's because Nico brings it on himself. Because he, yeah. he's if you look time and time again. Nico's the first person that comes to mind yeah. when you think of an outburst. I think the bottom line is, yeah, I like the idea of having a little bit of more structure and like a fine structure in place. I was telling Hunter earlier, like in baseball, one of the th- where they kind of draw the line in baseball a lot of times with fines is misuse of equipment fines. So like a guy in baseball um, will like get out on base or whatever and chuck his helmet into the ground or do something like that and they'll get fined for misuse of equipment. So maybe in disc golf, it's like... Um, a guy, you know, slams his bag into the ground or shakes a basket or does something like that. And that's where they kind of draw a line. Hey, like you can't be misusing your equipment. Now that gets a little funny because it it's like, if a guy, meant to be thrown. right. If a guy, well, if a guy like bends his putter, like that's not hurting anybody. Like, so it's, it's just, yeah. it's always going to be in The issue is as soon as ambiguous. you bring in a third party, you can say unbiased all you want. But like, if I'm a third party and I'm walking with Nico, I'm be a little bit more aware of Nico's actions. And you're going to be like, oh, there goes Nico. Whereas yeah. if like Eagle does it, you might just be like yeah. a little more blind to it's it. It's very hard to actually but that, find that just no goes, that goes back to like, if you're Nico, like you've earned that. You, yeah. So like, it's just kind of like if you're a player who is always well behaved and you have one little outburst, they're going to look the other way. That happened once again, that happens in pro sports. There are guys like it happens a lot in the NHL and hockey where certain players who are notorious for being a dirtier player, if they do a hit, if they have a hit in a game that looks a little bad, they're going to get suspended for it pretty quick. Whereas other guys who are more well-behaved do something like that, they're going to be a lot more lenient. There's also players in the NBA that like just cry, cry, cry and get the foul calls. Like, you know, some people's goats. LeBron. I'm not going to talk about basketball. You know, he'll get the foul call when you, other I know, people wouldn't. I know you, love, because, I know you because, love to talk like, about basketball in this, this podcast. This is a foul to LeBron. And then he throws the ball in the stands and rolls around on the ground for 10 minutes crying because like he just got elbowed in the face when if you throw him into the 80s with the bad boy pistons you know he's literally getting the snot beat out of him and what's he gonna do about it you're right Cry no, to his mom. nobody in the 80s could beat lebron you're so right continue going into this man continue uh I just wanna, I just wanna we're gonna that. jump into the world section of the show finally uh but we're, what we're gonna do is this was an idea submitted by a fan i think it was a pretty good idea because this gives us a chance to debate but in a healthy way there's no, there's no such thing. <laughs> Basically, we're about midway through the season, maybe a little bit more. This isn't going to be our top 10 prediction for like who's going to finish in the top 10, but going into World's Week, we have to decide together okay. our top 10 players right. in the world. That's sweet. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to collaborate on this. Who do we think the top 10? I think, the, I think we start at number 10 and work our way up to number one. So, okay. We might want to I go. have to rework mine a little bit because I forgot a player existed when I wrote this. Yeah, you're a punk dude. Um, but right Calls now... Calls himself an analyst. I, I've never once called myself an analyst. Good. I refuse. <laughs> Actually, my Twitter bio literally says my rating's too low for my opinion to matter because I find that funny. Um, anyways. If yours is too low, then 
<laughs> Yikes. Uh, so we'll just start at number 10. Okay. Who do you? Who would you put at number 10 right now? Because my, I got to think through mine again. My number 10, I think, and I actually might even shift from what I even just wrote down here, but my number 10 is going to be Nico Castro. Oh, shoot. Oh, gosh. I had Nico way farther up. I don't. He just he had, he just threw a fit on the same course the world is about to be on. This isn't four worlds. This is the top ten players in the world going into Worlds Week. That's not how you explained it to me yesterday. That's exactly how I explained it. Okay, I, this isn't going to be like who I don't we need think to, is going to finish. I really top don't need to change it though. Remember, Either, no arguing, guys. Remember, no, that. this is this is healthy argument. I really don't need to. There's change. a point to it. <laughs> I really don't. I really still don't feel like changing it. How My about, number ten is James Conrad. See, okay, so I let's. How about we give give like our eight through ten, and then see if we can work backwards to kind of like. To kind of like work it together. So, so my eight through ten, going from eight to ten, is James, Nico, and Kyle. See, mine's Kevin Jones, Kyle Klein, James. Or Kyle. rather, no, my bad. It'd be James, Kyle, Nico. So my eight is Kevin Jones. My nine is Kyle Klein, and my ten is James Conrad. Okay, so let's agree. Let's agree to put. Let's just agree to put Kyle at nine because I had yep. wait, I had Kyle at nine as well. And yep. where do you have James? Ten. Do you have okay. a pen? Yeah, grab yeah, me a pen. Yeah. This is gonna get confusing fast. <laughs> I can already feel it. So we have Kyle at nine. So let's put James. You had James at. I have at, James at ten. At ten, I can put James at ten. Okay, so we have I James at ten, that. Kyle at nine. I can do that. And then I have Kevin Jones at eight. See, I have Kevin Jones at six. I have Nico at six. That is so high. <laughs> well, because I would. I mean, that is so high. I understand where he is in the Pro Tour standings. But no, like, no, no, no. Sorry, I have Nico at seven. Because okay. I have to adjust everyone down one from where I'm putting the other okay, player. Okay, okay. So I have closer. Nico at seven. That's cl- that's closer, but there's still gonna have to be a compromise here. There's got to be something. All right, we got a pen. All right, we got a pen coming in hot. Oh, there's a fancy pen, Connor. This thing's weighted. Feel it's that a pilot pen? I know about the pilot pen. <sighs> Dang, I've been knowing about the pilot pen. This like makes me feel like I'm about to sign an official document. Sign Just write one through ten, and we'll we'll work something out here. I think we just like, yeah, we're going to have to. So, so we agreeing on James Conrad at 10. Put James at, at 10 and Kyle at 9. We've agreed on those. All right, Kyle Klein, 9. That's, that, I, can, I can work with that. The problem is me having Nico at 9 while you have him at 7. So he's me at 8. Or no, I had, not, I had him at, I had it at 10. I have my, my 8 right now is Kevin Jones. Oh, yeah, we could put, we could put Eco, Nico at 8. Put Nico at 8? Yeah, we can I'm put fine Nico with at that. 8. I, I works with me. That's not far off. Nico's at eight. Okay. So do we want to go? We want to go. Kevin Jones seven. See. Okay. This is where. So my my four or my five through seven, because I can already tell where we're gonna have the difference. Because my five is Hammers. I have Hammers Jones Dickerson for five through seven. So I have. Oh, this is getting so confusing. What's your five through seven? Adam Ham is my five. Oh, so, so we can we, just leave him there. We can put him at five. What is your list? And then I have Dickerson. Where do you have Dickerson? Well, it's because Nico got moved now. So it's thrown me I out. have Dickerson at seven I have, and Jones at six. I have six. Dickerson at six and Jones at seven. Okay. Well, we're going to do that then. Because Nico was up there. I got to. F- that's fine. So, so we're putting Jones at seven, Kevin Jones at seven? Yeah, that's fine. And Dickerson at six. That's fine. Okay. And then this Dickerson is be at six. Than I thought. We, this we're, yeah, this isn't bad. Look at us. Look at us being constructive. I don't know what the point of this, this top 10 is. We're just we're establishing our top ten. All right, friendship. and then the top the four. I think friendship. we we both have the same four people, but the question is: do, So my number four is Calvin. Well, see, I I was confused because I thought this was our predicting world. So like, this is the same as my world's 
prediction. No, yeah. I wanted this to be like our ranking. Well, it's going to be the same. Okay. Well, I have Calvin at four. I had Calvin at three because, but if See, we were, I put Calvin at four because of if we were doing Santa ranking, Cruz. then you yes, I would put Calvin at four. Okay, so we're putting Calvin but at I four. I didn't know we were doing that. And if we were doing ranking, I'd put Paul at three. Yes, that's what I have, and then I have Ricky at two and Eagle at one. Yeah, I would do the exact same thing. Boom! We just did that. Yeah. Look at us. It made a that lot more so simpler. That was so much easier once, than ever. Once I realized, I think we may have been identical had we actually, um, if I had I actually understood the assignment that was given. <laughs> There we go. You know, who would have thought that was going to be so easy? So we're saying that's like top 10 players. So here's our not... top 10 players in the world going into World's Week. But that has nothing to do This is not do. our World's Predictions. This okay. is our top 10 ranking. Yeah. Number one player in the world right now is Eagle McMahon. He has three Pro Tour wins. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to deny that. Number two, closely behind Eagle, is Ricky Wysocki. I mean, he could easily be number one. Yeah. He's not in my eyes. He's close. Uh, number three, Paul McBeth. And number four, Calvin Heimberg. To me, those four are interchangeable any week, almost. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but Ricky and Eagle have definitely separated themselves this year. Number five, after his recent win, Adam Hammes. Number six, this is where after, it gets a little interesting. After two recent wins. Adam two recent Hammes. wins. Hammes is uh, Number six, where it gets a little interesting, because we haven't seen him in a while, because he doesn't go out west, is Dickerson. But yes. you have to have him in your top ten. So confusing. He's so good, but you don't know how good. I know. I wish he would tour. Uh, number seven, Kevin Jones. Eight, Nico. Number nine, Kyle Klein. Number 10, James Conrad. The only one that was on my original list because I forgot. Dickerson is the player I forgot because he hasn't been at tournaments recently. Is I had Drew Gibson. Gibson I had Drew like Gibson at Double nine. G are like the snubs from this list. I had Drew Gibson above James Conrad in my original list, but I'm completely fine with putting James Conrad over Drew Gibson because I think where Calvin, Paul, Ricky, Eagle are interchangeable. I think Drew, James, Double G, and almost Kyle Klein are interchangeable. A lot. Of like the whole rest of the top 20 are like interchangeable. Yeah, any weeks you can flip a coin and someone's going to Once you get outside of like that top seven, it becomes a mystery. Yeah. Now, we decided not to do FPO because it's a lot more set in stone. We'd probably do FPO top five, and I feel like it's it's pretty... Especially simple. the top three. It's been a solid. little more difficult because you want you Sarah can, we could argue Holcomb about four and five. Injured. But I mean, it'd go Page Cat Haley King for three, and that's yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I would pick Sarah Holcomb more in the third if she wasn't. Been, but she has been she's hurt. Been hurt, hurt so we don't it's hard know. To know yeah, at. yeah. I mean, I just felt like I thought MPO we were going to debate a lot more. It turns out MPO is apparently pretty cut and dry. It, it kind of is right now. At least like I said, those top like seven spots, like seven. we're not going to be more than one off. Yeah, of, and that's how it was. Yeah. I'm not gonna argue seven versus eight. No, uh, it's too it's too random. Disc golf is like there's so much parody this year, and it's great. Yeah, it, it's been an amazing. It's year. really fun. And let's look at it. We're finally here. The week everyone's waiting on. It's early this year. The World Championship begins next Tuesday. There's gonna be live coverage all week on the Disc Golf Network. Uh, yeah, Worlds is gonna be such a great event to watch live. Uh, get to consume the moment a world champion is crowned live. But uh, it'd also be post-produced, as always, by, I'm sure, the same, uh, like, Jomez, Gatekeeper, GK Pro, um, Central Coast, I would imagine. I'm sure all of them will have post-produced All the big well. dogs, yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to have our follow-up on Friday. So basically, if so, the, there should be a free stream on Saturday on YouTube, the final round. Uh, the follow-up basically gets you ready for that stream. So Friday mm-hmm. night, we'll be going live immediately following the live coverage of Worlds. And give you all the stats, storylines, everything going into the final day. Everything to look at, every uh, the predictions that we think are about to happen. All that stuff. Super fun show. 
Um, we it is a little bit more of the analyst side where we look deeper yeah. into the stats and what the stats are telling us, what what you should look out for, uh, tell wise as to like who might be pushing, who might not be. And then we're gonna do our first companion stream. We're probably gonna do this for USDGC too, but on Saturday for the final round for the live coverage, we're gonna be doing a companion stream. It's gonna be a little bit more relaxed, just kind of hang out with us. We're just gonna watch world the world's coverage. Um, so you'll be able to have the world's coverage pulled up in one tab and then have us pulled up in the other tab and just hang out and watch, watch with disc us. golf with us. Yeah, see our um, reactions live. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. We've never done a companion stream. I'm really excited for it because yeah. we're going to watch it anyway. So why not all watch it together? All, I, all I'm hoping for this world, as much as I want certain people to win and whatnot, all I really hope, especially with this companion stream, is that there's drama. Oh, I want drama. I just want it to be like Portland Open again where it's like I am I literally was just like audibly yelling Yeah. as as things were happening. I was just like was so excited. Like yeah. I, just, I just want We've got it to, to be so dramatic. Maybe on the follow-up, we'll put something on the line. Where we got we got something riding some, on it. We could do some. We should do some like. We should do some like some live some live like wagers on the uh, on the companion stream. Yeah. Yeah. People give us ideas. Just be like, hey, th- this is on the line. If Eagle birdies this next hole. Yeah. Just something to make it a little more like you know. Yeah. Or maybe we even make it more intense. Here's an idea. Maybe we even like each start out with like poker chips. We could each get like a stack and we wager them throughout the companion stream. And then there's like one big reward or punishment for whoever comes out on the wrong end of the uh, of who has like the most chips. We just wager them throughout. Yeah, we gotta have something. We can get everybody in on it. Yeah, that'd be really. (laughs) That would be kind of fun. So we'll we'll have something like that. But you're definitely not going to miss the companion stream. it's definitely going to be a good time. So let's go ahead and jump into the courses. So the world's going to be featured on two courses. The two courses we just saw for the Utah Open. There's the Fort, which is more of your traditional disc golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got. It doesn't seem like super super technical per se, but it's got some good distance, trees, defining lines. There seems to be a decent bit of like natural ish OB. Um, it should be a pretty challenging course uh, for the Utah Open. Seven under was a hot round. How do you? What do, what do you always get on me for? Say negative seven. I don't seven under is the right way to say it. You you usually don't say negative seven. No, I was just I just wanted to, I went negative seven is is wrong though. Yeah, yeah okay. seven under seven under is right. Is okay. like the right way <laughs> to say. I don't know it. why. If you why say seven negative, down, I'm, why is negative seven wrong? Seven down is because what I say. Seven down. You, is that wrong? That number minus seven, right? When you look at it, is it stands for seven under par. That is what it stands for. So you negative seven. You might be interpreting it as it's written out, but that's not a correct golf term. That's why it's wrong. Seven it's down. Disc wait, golf disc golf or ball golf? Golf in general. Where they got where they got the idea from? Golf. Okay. So negative seven was the hot round for you. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like the seven up, seven I'm just down thing. Because I I say negative sometimes. I will just do, don't do it. I will. Seven I won't. up, seven I won't down ever is do it again. wrong. But I'm like, a purebred disc golfer, so when I hear like I didn't play golf. Oh, uh, dude, I, I shot negative. So when I <laughs> that one really gets me. Yeah, I shot like a negative seven out there. <laughs> I've said that many a times. I've so said that many. Times I was scared too. when I'm trying to. I think it's also confusing. It would have been a lot more professional for me just to say negative seven and us not have the conversation. But I said seven under, and then I thought I was wrong, and it scared me. Seven under was the hot round at the fork. We're just going to say that. Okay. Whereas the mulligan 11 under was hot. So that's kind of the scoring differential at the Utah Open. Um, It kind of gives us a glimpse. I like that seven under was only the hot round at the course they're going to play more. It kind of gives us a glimpse at what we're going to be looking at difficulty wise. Um, So there's three rounds at the fort, only two rounds at the golf course. Uh, It does seem like, I don't even want to say there's more separation. I think there's... The separation looked pretty similar between the two, like scoring separation-wise. There's definitely a chance to get farther under par, though, at Mulligan, which yeah. is the golf course. Um, but there's also a chance for 
more weird OB and hazard stuff to go on. So it should make for a pretty interesting event. The two courses do seem to contrast each other pretty well. Um, and I think it'll be, I think it'll be a fun week. Uh, I do want to get into some predictions though. Yes. So on MPO, this is tough. It's really tough. Uh, I'm gonna be so nervous watching. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm gonna be so nervous, man. Worlds is just a different animal. I think so. Eagle coming into this event has a solid chance. I think you can't deny that. Sure. Uh, you can never ever count Paul out at a World Championship. Since 2012, he's either won or come in second at every one. Yeah. Um, but I think Ricky walks away with his third world title this year. Yeah. I think we're about to see Ricky, three-time world champion. I do think Paul's gonna come in second. Uh, he always just pushes at Worlds. He'll be in like sometimes in like fifth place going to the final round, and McBeast mode just comes on, and he'll come in second. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see Paul win by any yeah. means. I don't think it would surprise anyone. But for some reason, I just I just feel like this is Ricky's year. I don't I don't know what it is. It does feel like it, doesn't it? So I'm going Ricky first, Paul second, and I'm sneaking Chris Dickerson in third, mainly because I think he's going to play well at the Fort. Yeah. And the golf course isn't like your traditional golf course. It requires a little more touch, which Dickerson has a lot of. That's valid. Um, so I don't know. That could be a bad pick. But I feel like at Worlds, there's always like someone who you don't really, really expect to be in there. So I didn't want to put a Calvin Heimberg or an Eagle in third because yeah. I expect them. So I was trying to think of, I was trying to expect the unexpected. And that led me to Dickerson. I like that. Okay. Which is funny because literally five minutes earlier when I was writing, like not earlier today, but in the timeline of planning this, I forgot Dickerson existed for my top 10 and then I predicted him coming third at Worlds. Like, how do I, how does my brain work? I don't know. Nice. But what's your top three? So, my top three is pretty similar. First two are the same. I'm also thinking... Oh, you think it's Ricky as well? I think Ricky's going to win as well. Now, Connor, whenever I said Ricky was going to win, you started shaking your head. You're, do you not have I, the same feeling that we have? No, I, I was. I wanted to ask you another question though. Who is... So, that's who you think is going to win, but who are you like rooting for? Who do you Paul. want to win? I want good golf. I mean, obviously, I want Paul to I win his Paul six because I'm a I'm his friend, mm-hmm. and I'm Paul, obviously, I'm a Paul fan. You know, no, I wasn't I wasn't shaking my head. I like Ricky I more Paul this year than I've ever liked this year. Yeah. One time we talked about on the podcast about how there's those fans that like actively root against other people because of how much they like other. I was like that. Like I actively rooted against Ricky, not just for Paul, but against Ricky. If but I, had, I actually really like Ricky this year because of the interviews on the Nick Matt show. So I actually really like him. Now. I mean, if we had to be dead honest, but if I could pick anybody to win, it'd be Brody. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Brody. But I, I, the reason why I shake my head is because I'm so used to not liking Ricky, but I, I do yeah, think no. I'm with you though. I think he's going to win, but I just, I really, want I, Paul up there. I'll be rooting for Paul to win his sixth. Um, but I'm not gonna be rooting against Ricky. Yeah, I don't think. This, is there anyone in the field you're rooting against that you really just Listen, don't want to see? I'm a eagle. pretty. I don't want to see. Eagle I don't know, dude. You don't want to see Eagle. I, I don't know why. Pretty. Just, when I root for people, like if I'm rooting for Paul, I root hard for Paul. I will. I will watch anybody mess up an infinite amount of times, and yeah. I will cheer it on. I'm. I'm a scumbag fan. Like <laughs> I, will, I will. I am in other sports, but for some reason, in, I was when Paul was coming back at the Portland Open. I was actively cheering out loud for people missing putts <laughs> and that was that's partially too i will say like if let's just like let's say paul's not in it and it's just a bunch of guys that i'm more indifferent to like i will definitely i pick one then at that no at that point i root for for the drama i root for anybody who's in the lead to mess up 
if it's if there's a guy I'm rooting for in it, then I'm going to root for them. But if there's nobody I'm rooting for really in it, and it's kind of just a bunch of players, then I'm just going to root for drama. I just want to not be able to tell who's going to win yeah. until crunch time. Exactly. Yeah. I would say I'm that almost sneakily, unless it's Paul. I'm yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. I'm almost sneakily rooting for Nico in a small way. Oh, I would. If, be, okay. If Nico or gets Emerson. Emerson would be cool, too. Oh, no, dude. I, why? <laughs> because that's I think another, it'd be weird. That's another Barsby done. No, you're right. I agree. You're I want, right, except for I like him more than better, I like Barsby. It's better for the sport when guys when the top players win worlds. You're right. It's better. That way it's not it's like better. a... You're right. It I didn't even say my third place I yet. I apologize. No, yeah, you haven't. Well, did you finish your prediction? Calvin. <laughs> Who was your not second? Not exciting. Ricky Paul Calvin? Ricky Paul Calvin. Yeah. I agree, like... <sighs> Having hey, a random whoa. player win... Anthony Barella is 90% healed. He you're right. His Insta story, I agree man. with you now. He's going to win. You're, well, I, having I a random player win any other event is great. Mm-hmm. Like having a Barsby win on right. Waco. Worlds, you just, you just want the Worlds, best you just want the prestige of Worlds to stay there. And if... No offense to Barsby. He is and will always be a world champion. But having a player like Barsby be a world champion, it just... It doesn't like... It doesn't like... You don't want there to it be room for a fluke because they're at not a, the biggest tournament. Yeah, it's just like what, he's not else, a top player. Like Barsby does is he he's touring this year, but like when have we ever said his name? He's not doing anything. Yeah, like I would say like I and when we say like we don't want a random player winning. Like if you're anybody within like the top 20, 25, like that's fine. Like a player that's consistently consistently up there, up there to where always unless Brody about. wins, it's not a fluke. Well, he's top twenty three. He's, He's 23rd. 21st. 20, oh, 21st. So in the Pro Tour rankings. Technically, it's, I want him to be up there so bad. I, would, I hope he's on like lead card think, or something. I think but. personally, I think Brody's his his like tournament to like contend is USDGC. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to contend there. Can you imagine that? That would That'd be, be awesome. electrifying. USDGC, I don't hate as much because it's know. known for randomness. So like it's known for but that who's, like. But what? Who's but, one that's random? Wasn't well, you're right. Uh, I mean, Cole, Jeremy Colling. Yeah, but that was the weather year. And he was pretty, he was in his prime but at that. Yeah, that was not, a good year. It's for the him, hardest though. tournament for people to regularly win. True. But so it, like kinda, have, it changes within top Your winners, players, you have Nate Sexton, who was Big in his Germ, prime, who was in his prime, James Conrad, who had his best season of his career. Yeah, but I'm saying. When Barsby won that year, he wasn't having the best season of his career. He just, like, all of a sudden won. No, I. Yeah, but it's I'm saying one. USDGC is known for that randomness. Yeah. Whereas like, it's not like going into it, you don't expect the top players to win. Right. But at least at yeah, least the randomness is coming from a, one of the it's, best players. Yes, I agree with that. I just don't want. I, I, I don't just, have a problem. Worlds like worlds. I guess I wouldn't have had a problem if Sexton or Conrad won worlds those years. Yeah, that's some. It's it's more though. Like if it's a guy, if it's a guy like who this year has been good all year, they were always talking about the wins worlds, and it's kind of like, oh, that was a little bit random. That's one thing. But if it's somebody who like Emerson, who has been nowhere, yeah, and then randomly and then just randomly pops wins off. worlds, and then is also, and then afterwards, it's also another thing. Like if it just Barsby, it confuses the prestige of the event, right? Because if Barsby were to have won worlds, and then from then on, he would have been a top player on tour, and we can t- like then then it's like that's fine. Like that was the beginning of his run of being a good touring player. But yeah. it's just like he's not relevant anymore. And I know the Greg Barsby fans hate us right now, but like he's been like outside the top fan, fifty like all let's year. Let's just look like, at his. Let's just look at him. We don't. Need, we did this like last week. He hasn't had a good year at all. What did we do on the podcast? No, but I can just tell you, he's been like inside the top twenty like once, and because it, it was in Cali, I think it's because he can't get his hands on. He had like one. He had one high. He had one high finish, and it was at De La because he knows that course. How do you spell his name? It's two G's. Two G's. Double Why G. isn't he the double G? Uh, <laughs> so he came in 64th at Las Vegas. I'm only going to read NTs or like Elite Series. 64th at Las Vegas, 78th at Waco, 11th at Texas State, 
34th at DDO, 26th at OTB, 5th at Masters Cup, yeah. and then 57th at Portland. So, yeah. I've been good. But, regardless, I, I just have this feeling Ricky's going to win. I'm not rooting against anyone, I won't say. There's, I, I couldn't look at a list and just be like, if that guy wins Worlds, crap. It's not, for me, it's not even like that. It's not even like if a certain player, because like... We're just going to see how it shakes up. It's not even like a certain player, I'm like, I really don't want to see them win. It's just like, I'll be disappointed when other players that I really want to see win don't win. That's yeah. more so what it is for me. At the end of the day, you know, like even some of the guys that are like the top 10 players that I don't root for as much, like if one of them wins, that's fine. You know, it's not bad for the sport at all. On the FPO side, looking at FPO predictions, man, Kevin Jones, let's go. (laughs) I'd love for KJ, KJ USA, bring home the world title. KJ Worlds, KJ, KJ Global, KJ, 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 KJ International, KJ, KJ Mr. Worldwide, sounds like an Mr. Worldwide. (laughs) Thank you for flying with KJ International. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I trust that airline. (laughs) Uh, On FPO. You'd have to be crazy to not think Paige is going to win. Yeah, you'd have to be pretty crazy. Are you crazy, Connor? Okay, yeah. I've got... I got Paige, Cat, Kristen, the Tatar. I've got Kristen in second. Oh, okay. I just don't know what to what to expect from Kristen, the Tatar. I just know that she Paige was, beat Cat by nine at yes, the same courses, yes. so that's where I'm kind of at. That's very valid, but I just don't know what to expect from Kristen. Yeah. She's a, a former U.S. women's champion. She's obviously won She's at the highest good. level. Yeah. But like it's been a, it's been a while. I'm super excited to see her return and see what she can do. Yeah. Uh, looking at the list, it seems like she is the only uh, mm-hmm. like top tier European woman coming. So we aren't going to see Evelina and Henna next year. Next yeah. year will be the year. I'm definitely excited for them to come back. But I wish they could have done it now. But Kristen Tatar, at least we got her back. It's going to be exciting to see what she can do and see if she can actually sink in the top three. Uh, and finally for Worlds, dark horse prediction. I'm going tried and true. Oh, the gosh. one, the only. Mr. Nicholas Carl. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I know him. I have never seen Nick play the quality of golf that he is playing right now. That's a good thing. And pick. I feel like he's coming into form just in time for Worlds. Not that he's going to push for a win or something, but I could see him pushing like a top 30 finish. What's his rating? 996, I believe. That's a good He's pick. up there. That's he's a really good man. pick. But I've just been super impressed with him recently. Nick Every time really I've good. seen him playing, he's been what he just came off his first B tier win where he beat Cody Bradshaw at one of Cody Bradshaw's home courses, which Nick is good, man. It's very impressive. I don't know how the Utah courses are gonna play for him, but I just got a good feeling. That's I think solid. he's gonna have a solid performance at Worlds. That's a really good choice. I've got Zach Arlinghouse. Sorry, the, Zach. The young Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's not your week. <laughs> <laughs> but He's it's uh he's nine ninety nine rated and he's really young and talented. Maybe because he's so young, he, it won't get to his head. He slapped me around at two days in May here in Virginia when he was like twelve. He's like a le- he's a lefty like, too, isn't like, he? He's a lefty. Yeah, he's a lefty. Yeah, he's super good. He's so good, but he's not going to be super good this week because I've just picked him. We got to remember to keep up with Dark Horse picks during the companion stream. Like oh, to be absolutely. watching those yeah. scores. I usually star them on my U disc. Yeah, keep up with them. I'm going with Tanner Gerard. Oh, oh okay. man, that's a cursed pick, bro. He let me down. A that's few like weeks the ago. only week that Hunter's ever lost to me. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, he's played a lot of he tournaments. He does play a lot. He does. He does. And he's so, not, not new. And he's done pretty decent. Well, pretty how'd you not pick Tristan Tanner? He just won me one last week. I just, because you just picked him you last just week. just picked him, man. That's boring. I mean, I almost picked him respect, again. Respect the game, I, So, I, I'm, he's, he is 998 rated, my highest rated pick so far. Um, That's the highest rated. No, 999. We have 999, 998, 996. Yeah, listen. I'm the lowest rated with 996. Yeah, look at us. Uh, But I I don't know. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's pretty much the dark. I, don't know. I, I just I don't know. The, yeah, I, don't know. I, I just looked at he he's played a lot this year, which makes me feel like he's he's practiced, <laughs> and he's uh, he's placed pretty well. Not really at any A tier events, but at he, C and B tier. He's performing he's at C tiers. Well. Yeah. Heck yeah. Nick All right. Ball. Well, it doesn't Nick, matter. Nick, you know what you got to do, man. You're safe because, like, my pick's going to lose, so it's whatever. Like, <laughs> You know what you got to do, Nick? No, nah, Zach, you got this, man. I mean, break, the, wait. Break the curse. The Dark Horse pick for Worlds has to be, like, way more intense than a cup of coffee, right? No, it doesn't. Pink slips? Because I can't. You can't do that <laughs> no. to me. Because it's, I mean, it's Worlds. It's yeah, the biggest tournament slips? of the year. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, no, because I don't want, I don't want to, I can't drive sticks. So I don't want your 1980, and your thing is. You don't want to drive a ticking time bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to just keep pouring money down a drain in your car. <laughs> so never mind. That's so mean, dude. <laughs> this is like the first time I've ever been in a circle where my car isn't the most unreliable. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, if we really compared dollars. No, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It, it's probably. So what are we putting on the line? Yeah. What are we Coffee. Doing? Nah, man. No. I'm with Connor. Coffee cake. It's, yep. it's got to be at least what about Chick-fil-A. A meal? What about a Chick-fil-A? At least Chick-fil-A. A meal at Chick-fil-A. Fine. It's Chick-fil-A. twice as expensive. Chick-fil-A. Fine. For majors, I think all majors should have Chick-fil-A on the line. There's only two of them, so whatever. Chick-fil-A. All right, I'm okay with you. Zach could perform well and win you this. Maybe. Zach, dude, Zach, he's already withdrawing as we're speaking. He's breaking his leg as we're speaking. Yeah, like he literally, <laughs> I can like, I feel a disturbance. Like something just <laughs> happened. Disturbance in the force. He just like goes out and out of nowhere. He can't throw his left hand. He's like, like what's what happening, man? Happened yeah, to why me? can't I putt? Like, <laughs> it's like that transferred his powers, like the Monstars. To, to Nick Carl. That's what just happened. Nick Carl yeah. just got amazing. All right. All right. Chick fil A on the line. Whatever. I'll text you my order tomorrow. I'm going to get you a <laughs> kale. I'm going to get you a kale salad. Yeah. Side. Kale crunch. Yeah, kale crunch. And a little bag of granola. <laughs> Actually, the kill crunch comes with almonds. Well, no, I'm going to the market salad the, comes with. I'm going to get a separate bag of granola. Oh, okay, yeah, we get it. You're healthy, Connor. Okay, yeah, bro, we get it. You eat kale. I used to work at Chick Fil A. Didn't this everybody? No. no, not me. So just couldn't Connor. be me. There's always one person in every group, though. There is. There? There's yeah, always there is. at least <laughs> one that works yeah. at Chick Fil A. Always one. Um, all right, so we're going to wrap up the show with a make that call. This was actually submitted via email. It's also the first time I've used Via uh, by Sean. Nice, dude. So I'm going to just read you exactly what he sent me. Okay. Uh, So just paint yourself in a scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there's a double Mando, tree trunk left and a tree trunk on the right. Yeah. Player one's tee shot flies through the Mando, gets lifted with a headwind, hits the tree branches of the Mando tree on the right, but past the tree trunk, comes down on the disc's edge and rolls back behind the Mando uh, on the outside of the Mando tree trunk, tee pad side of the Mando. I don't know what that sentence means. What? Just picture, this is how I was picturing Basically, it. you make the Mando and then it His comes His disc back. flies through the Mando, a headwind lifts it up, it gets hit by the tree branch, goes down, and then rolls behind and goes on the other side of the Mando. So it makes it again, but misses it. It passes so it the tree trunk. it makes it, comes back, misses it. Yep. Um... Player one insists the Mando was made. Players two and three on your card agree, but player four... Dude, that's tricky. ...says the Mando was missed. Because it didn't come to a rest. A provisional was played from the Mando drop zone, and the original line was played out. The provisional scored a circle four, while the original lie scored a three. What is the correct call? So, I think... At first, I was thinking, oh, like, yeah, he made the Mando. Like, I think the Mando's already made. It's like a checkpoint. But then I thought, well, the disc didn't come to rest. So I think my final answer is going to be he missed the Mando because the disc, when it came to rest, was uh, it had missed the Mando. So this is a we actually might need to kind of discuss this one because this is a little this is a very confusing situation that I couldn't find covered in the rules. Okay. From what I could tell, 
once a Mando has been made, it doesn't matter what happens. But what to are that. they established as made Mando? Well, see, that's the thing. That's is the, the technical rules just establish what a Mando is? If you go into the Q and A section of the PDGA rules, you can find charts that cover a lot of things, but don't cover this one. Ooh, because PGA. what they cover is basically. Let's say you threw a hyzer is the best example. And the hyzer went through the Mando. And it comes back then the head went installed it and comes back around the other side. Right. But this then one, your Mando has been made. This one makes it, comes back through the same gap, and then misses And then it. goes around, right. right? Before it comes around. So that's where it's really confusing. So what I decided was well, based on the, the Mando before, had been though, made. I feel like it's going to count. What I had decided was the Mando had been made. And so looking at the rules and everything, once the disc had passed through it. Because like, look at it this way. If he if his throw did come to rest through it, and then his next throw went back through the mando and around to the left, like with like a cut roller. Yeah, but this is on one shot. Though. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. This where it's tricky. I, I would, if I were in the group, I would have given it to him. And the second thing I put I was the majority it. agree that the mando had been made. So most likely, ninety percent of times, this would never even make it to a provisional. Yeah, I because think, three people on the card said, "Yeah, he I, made the mando." I think I would, if I were on the card, I would be like, "Yeah, you made the mando." Now the technical ruling there. Because of how ridiculous it I is. I don't really know. But he, it happened in a tournament. So this Maybe guy like literally saw it that. happen. Maybe we got to submit that to the PDGA. I think they would agree and say the Mando was made. Yeah, because to me, the Mando got made and then Man, it what just a, got super Man, what unlucky. a tricky one, though. Like, if you can't really tell if it made it past the Mando or not, if it's like right in between. Exactly. <laughs> Oof. It's just like these one in a million things, though. The yeah. car just has to come to an agreement. Be like, yeah, you, you made it. Or, uh, I don't think you did. So our call is going to be a three, that the Mando was made. I'm going to say so, yeah. I want to know your your thoughts in the, the comments. Um, what do you think? Was the Mando made? Was it not? Was it not? Uh, that's going to wrap up the show. Just a reminder, we got the companion stream and the follow-up for the World Championship coming next Friday and Saturday. Next week's show is going to be still talking about Worlds, but it's going to be kind of in the middle of Worlds because we're going to shoot it on Wednesday and Worlds starts on Tuesday. Um, so that's why we wanted to make sure this week was our kind of Worlds week. So next week's show might be a little bit different. We'll talk through kind of what we saw the first day, uh, how the course is playing, if there's any outliers, weird stuff going on. And then be sure to tune into the follow-up live Friday night. We'll post about that as it gets closer. Uh, that's next Friday night and the companion stream next Saturday. You're not going to miss out on those. They're going to be super fun, and hopefully it'll make watching Worlds even more entertaining to watch it live. Uh, I think that's going to be it. Thank you all so much for your support with the with the uh, Photon Zones. If you're listening here on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We really appreciate all of those. And um, if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts but you have any feedback, feel free to tweet at us or send us a DM or something like that. Other than that, we will talk to you all next week.